Welcome everyone. Thank you very much for coming and supporting us. Um, students linking Melbourne sustainably in our very first actual event. Um, our forum, which I'm sure you're all aware is entitled Sustainable Transport Alternatives to the East-West Link. Um, I could explain what the East-West Link is, what sustainable transport alternatives might be, but I have a feeling that our four esteemed uh, speakers will probably do that job, so um, I'll butt out. Um, I'll just speak to you before we get started a little bit about our group, uh, what we stand for and what we're trying to do here. Um, basically, um, we are a group of university students. We're opposing the East-West Link um, as an individual thing, but we're not interested in just saying no. We're not a group that's just saying no, this is wrong without offering a solution. We think there is a solution. We think the solution isn't simple. The solution isn't just um, this train line or this tram line or whatever. The solution is integrated transport, integrated sustainable transport, being public transport and active modes of transport, which is cycling and walking. And together, this um, is better for transport, it's better for cities, and it's better for people. Um, in terms of our aims, we're kind of a advocacy and uh, information um, group. We feel like there's a lot of misinformation out there, and one of the reasons we've um, called this forum together is to try and get some positive information out there. There's a lot of um, bullshit out there. Um, and we reckon that people that study, people that um, research, people that know or want to know should be out there um, letting people know so they can make the right and informed decisions. Um, we're also interested in getting students involved. Students are interested, maybe even passionate about these issues, but a lot of the time we're just on Facebook um, posting you know, snarky statuses about the, um, the government. <laughs> or we're saying stuff to people that already agree with us, and that doesn't get anything done. Um, there's people out there that, given the opportunity, would get involved, um, and that's one of the things we're launching today is our um, research project, um, because in the end we want to support students as activists for sustainable transport. Um, please do uh, get involved with us. You can like us or follow us on Facebook and Twitter for updates, especially on uh, Facebook where we do post links and discussion. Um, if you just search for us, Students Linking Melbourne Sustainably, you'll find us. Um, of course, come along to future events and uh, offer your skills, time, support, ideas, anything you've got. Um, right, tonight's speakers, we have four of them. Um, basically, what we're going to do is we're going to go through the four speakers, um, and after that, we'll have an opportunity for people to ask questions of the speakers. Um, we'll also have uh, Yvonne Kirk, is that right, from Public Transport Users Association, giving a short presentation. And um, Sophie Starup will be along talking about our research project. So tonight's speakers are Doug Harley, uh, former manager of Network Modelling Analysis VicRoads, Bicycle Network Victoria's uh, Gary Brennan, and um, academics Nicholas Lowe and Crystal Legacy. Um, so thank you very much for coming and for giving up your time. I think, you know, before we go any further, can we have a um, round of applause for the speakers for giving away? We're about ready to start now. The final thing that I'd like to say, um, huh. the final thing that I'd like to say is that we want to get the word out there. A few weeks ago, um, there was a uh, protest in Collingwood. Um, Minister for Roads, Terry Mulder, called the group a renter crowd. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> One of the things that we want to do is um, show Terry Mulder, Matthew Guy, uh, Dennis Napthine, and anyone else out there that thinks that this is a good idea, that there are people here that aren't happy 
and we're not a renter crowd, we give a shit. <laughs> On that note, please, please take photos. Um, I'm, you know, please don't take photos of anyone that doesn't want to be photographed, but if you take photos, uh, tweet, please use our hashtag hash slims. That way we can um, compile this all into um, what's called a storify, basically a thing, and we can share it and we can let people know uh, what's going on. So if you could use that, use the hashtag, we'll get it all together and we'll show people, we'll have a record of this night. So people that didn't come uh, can see what happened and everyone else knows that we're here. Uh, without further ado, I'd like to introduce uh, Doug Harley, former manager of network modelling analysis, Vic Rhodes. Cool. Okay. Welcome, everybody. I just thought I'd give you a brief introduction. I'm Douglas Howley. I got a degree in civil engineering, graduate diploma in business management. Worked for Vic Rage for 27 years in different parts of the state, Trelgan, up on the Benalla in the Wangrater Bypass, Hume Freeway. So I've been involved with construction. Uh, Yep, worked on Eastern Freeway Extension from Doncaster Road out to Springvale Road and then more recently as a senior traffic engineer and then I moved into transport modelling and I was appointed as the manager of network modelling and analysis in 2010. Okay, my main role as the manager of network modelling and analysis was to manage the maintenance and improvement of the Melbourne Integrated Transport Model in cooperation with the Department of Transport. MITAM was and is owned by the state government, in other words it's owned by everybody in Victoria and it's the tool that should be used by government for any transport modelling, for the assessment of any transport project, any significant transport project in the state. Part of the work that we did in the three years that I was there was we expanded the model to become the Victorian Integrated Transport Model. Uh, it still needs more work to really do that properly but we started on that and we made some big steps in that direction. And part of the reason for that is that, so that we can assess regional projects against projects in the city on the same basis. Uh, the Victorian Integrated Transport Model is a four-step transportation forecasting model and again owned by the government for the sole purpose. The sole reason it exists is to transport or to anal analyse transport projects. If you go to Wikipedia and look up uh, transportation forecasting it gives a good description about four-step models but the basic four steps are trip generation, trip distribution, mode choice and route assignment. Okay, and it, it, it's the model that should be used by the government. At some time in 2010 I attended a meeting at the Department of Transport and at that meeting I was informed that the modelling for the East-West Link project would be done by a private consulting firm from Queensland using their private model. Uh, the company's Veach Lister Consulting, a VLC, and their model's called Zenith, but it it's, runs on a platform that's a combination of some software that VLC themselves have written and uh, another platform called Omnitrans. And to the best of my knowledge, there's no other model as, 
in Victoria or in Australia that use that software platform, whereas the Vitam model that's owned by the government runs on a software platform that is used by at least four and maybe more private consulting firms in Melbourne. And it's used by 70, or used in over 70 countries in the world. Uh, the benefits of using the Cube Voyager software platform that Vitam runs on is that the government can put the modelling out to tender so that uh, you know, if there's more work than the government department can do on its own, we can put it out to tender, we can get a good price for that work, we can get it done. And it also ensures that any work that's done with that model can be assessed or reviewed by an independent third party. You can have one like uh, say ACOM or SKM can do the work and then you can pass it on to another company like Hyder or Snowy Mountains Engineering Corporation to review it and assess it. So you can get a completely independent view of whether the work they did is up to scratch and make standards or whether there's any dodgy steps that were taken to try to produce answers that you want. Whereas that opportunity doesn't exist with the private model that's being used for the east-west uh, tunnels. Like I said, as far as I'm aware, there's no other consultants in Victoria and Australia, as far as I'm aware, that have licences or the ability to use that software package. And anybody that does want to use it has to pay a licence fee to the company, to VLC, to use it. And it's my view that this is the main reason that, that particular model is being used for the modelling of the east-west link so that it can't be reviewed by any independent uh, organisation or consultants. Yeah, documents I've seen show some of the ways that the modelling, in my view, is being manipulated to make the project look better than it will in fact be. One of the arguments that they've the consultants and the linking Melbourne Authority have agreed between themselves is to say that as the wealth of the community increases, drivers are going to be more willing to pay tolls than they currently are. <laughs> uh, to me that seems to ignore the fact that as the wealth of the uh, community increases, so do land prices, so do health insurance costs, so do fuel costs, so do school fees, so does land prices, everything. So they seem to be saying that uh, everything else is just going to stay where it is and we're all going to get more money and we're all going to be more happy to pay that in, in tolls. That doesn't make sense to me. Uh, also, part of that other documentation says that when that concept is applied to the modelling for the east-west tunnels, the volumes on the tunnels go up by 15% in 2031 and the modelling for the tunnels extends on to 2041 and even out to 2046, I believe. So if it's up by 15% in 2031, who knows how much it goes up in those later years. And to use it for this model, for this tunnel, ignores the research that's been done on toll road projects throughout the world that uh, toll road forecasts are generally on average about 20% high. So I would have thought for an $8 billion project that the taxpayer is going to be taking a risk on because apparently the contracts, the way, the way the contracts are set up, 
the private consortiums that build and own the tunnels are going to be guaranteed a return and if the traffic that uses the tunnels isn't as high as expected, well, the, the taxpayer has taken all the risk. So we'll just be paying the private owners a set amount, regardless of how many people actually use the tunnels. And the, the, the contractors will have submitted their prices based on the modelling that they're given at the start from this uh, private model. Other ways that the modelling is being fudged is uh, when, we, when you run a four-step model and if you go to Wikipedia you can see how they work. Uh, one of the input costs is the vehicle operating costs and the documentation I've seen shows that uh, the vehicle operating costs are increasing at 2% above CPI now but in 21 to 2041 to 2046, that rate of increase is going to be cut down to 0.5% above CPI. So they're saying that somehow in future years, the growth in the cost of operating a vehicle, that's going to grow at a lesser rate than it is now. I don't see that happening. And again, if, if they've got evidence for this, then it should be out there and it should be able to be reviewed and assessed. And if there is good evidence for it, well, they should be happy to say that, but the fact that they're hiding it would suggest to me that there's no good evidence to support that. And the second one there, the growth in work-related parking costs above CPI is being cut from 2.3% per annum now back to 1.6% per annum in those later years. And the last one there, non-work parking is the growth above CPI is being cut from 3.9% down to one6 so they're saying again that in later years there's going to be a bit more of an incentive to drive and park rather than take public transport. Yeah, on the other hand, things that would encourage people to drive are being adjusted the other way. The rate of change of toll charges is being altered from 2% above CPI now to 0% above CPI from 2014. So from next year on, they're building into the model that toll charges aren't going to increase any greater than the CPI. So, again, if, that, if they've got evidence to support that, then they should be open and put that out there. Okay, that's all I've got.